Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode 437, a TFT update with Chase Grubbs. And I'm your host for this evening. And the guy who's sitting here his bottom lip poked way out while your other host is gallivanting the country enjoying. So this week... I will be the only host you hear this segment. Andy was able to make the phone call with Chase, but Andy is out with Yankee John and Chip, and they are trying to get two turkeys apiece in two different states request. And so hopefully they're having some luck. And meanwhile, I'm sitting here not getting and haven't been able to hunt for several days a week now. And I'm getting tired of it, man. I had to end on a miss. I actually missed a gobbler three times on a hunt, and then that, that's the last time I've gotten to get So hopefully I'll be able to get back out there soon. But this week, I'm going to take over the intro outro being posted because Andy's on a quest and doesn't need to be disturbed right now. It's full focus. Two states. So hopefully you guys will enjoy this interview with Chase. He with Turkeys for Tomorrow, an organization we've talked to Ron Jolly about several times on here, and one that we feel passionately is helping the wild turkey. I want to keep y'all informed as what this organization is doing. And so we'll hop in here with Chase. We'll talk to him about what's going on. So I will see you guys on the other side. Hey, everybody. Cameron and I are glad to tell you we have on the phone with us today Chase Grubbs with Turkeys for Tomorrow, or TFT, as you're going to hear them called about 264 times in this episode. And... That's exactly what we're going to talk about today is what TFT has going on. You know, we had a little bit of talk about that with Ron Jolly. Oh, what, two months ago now? It's been a while, but we're going to dig a little bit deeper into that. And I have been told pre-recording that there's some super top secret stuff that they just can't quite disclose just yet. And Cameron is going to put the squeeze on Chase and see if he can squeeze it out of him. So, but Chase, you didn't hear me say that. Chase, how are you this evening? I'm doing good. I, I always enjoy coming on and I appreciate you guys, you know, continuing to push the turkeys for tomorrow message. We're glad to have, you know, people like you guys who let us come on and talk about what we're doing. Well, we're glad to have you. We appreciate what you guys do. You know, it's all about the wild turkey with me and Cameron and anyone who's out there helping and promoting and all good things for wild turkey we're all for and we're happy to help support those folks so thank you guys for what you do so speaking of what you are doing tell everybody what you just did before we got on this call because i think that's a pretty cool thing going on right now well i just delivered a bunch of traps uh the dog proof raccoon traps to the ups store i usually do that two times a week, but we just had quite a few orders where I could tell I needed to go ahead and, and make a, another trip. So I just dropped off almost a pallet of, of dog-proof traps. Hopefully they're going out there and, and going to do some good for turkeys. Um, some timely removal of nest predators as turkeys across the south are starting to nest. A lot of the guys I just shipped them to were all over the country, though. I mean, uh, six dozen to Wyoming. So wow. really no time. Yeah, really no telling where they're going. But again, I hope it's doing some good for wild turkeys. And I mean, if you listen to any of the Wild Turkey Science podcast episodes on trapping, they definitely indicated, you know, if the habitat's right, trapping will help. And I just encourage everybody to, you know, get out there and, and try to do what you can to help turkeys on your own ground. Yeah, that's awesome. How how many traps have y'all sent out this year? 
so we started the trap program, the Turkeys for Tomorrow trap program, which again, it's just us trying to get our dog proof raccoon traps. And we're going to expand that this year into some other style traps to our membership and people that support us basically at our cost. We make a little bit of money, but it, by the time we drive the UPS and drop those things off, we're pretty much breaking even. And we've done about 5,000 traps um, just in a few short months. I mean, from August to right now, we've done about 5,000 traps. Wow. It's incredible. That's, that's awesome to hear that turkey hunters are kind of bringing trapping back almost solely to benefit the wild turkey. It's obviously not for monetary gain, you know. It's a, it's definitely yeah. a losing <laughs> thing to do right now money-wise. Yeah, and the feedback we're getting is, you know, people didn't want to get into it just because of how expensive it can be to get in and, you know, maintain those. Uh, so we're we're very proud to offer those, and we've got a great partnership with Kendall Obermeyer at No BS Lures who – really helped us spearhead this. And again, it's, it's about getting the traps to the people that want the traps to do good for turkeys. Um, it's not about us making money. It's about helping turkeys. I know the Instagram and Facebook messages and DMs, they are full of people that are actually out there using the traps. So it's uh, nice to, you know, send them to a guy and then two weeks later, he's telling you that, hey, you know, this is what I've done with them. And, you know, here's an example of it working for me on my property. That's awesome. Uh really think that's a good thing and uh you know it's pretty cool to have the science now to back it up and some of those wild turkey science podcast episodes i've listened to the trapping ones and you know it's a challenging topic it's not one that i guess is perfectly scientifically proven probably never will be you know yeah i was going to cut you off there and say you know that's something that just goolsby and and dr lashley have both talked about it just the scale at which it would have to be done and repeated and tested and you have to have a control. It's near impossible to definitively say, you know, being a hundred percent sure in science is something that you rarely come across. So what they will say is that when the habitat's right, it can help and it has to be done on a regular basis for it to help at all. So, I mean, take that for you know, what it is and that's them really you know, saying it can help, but there's no guarantees there as with anything. Yeah, it is. Everything I've ever heard on it, consistency seems to be the key. If, if you go do it one year, you, you really didn't do anything. If you can keep it up year after year, you have probably made a good impact on your... Right, and I just wanted to say while we're talking about the Wild Turkey Science podcast, that's a podcast that Turkeys for Tomorrow brought to everybody, and we launched it on January 22nd. And I just spoke to Dr. Lashley and Dr. Goolsby yesterday, and we are over 75,000 downloads. So just wanted to plug that and say, I appreciate the overwhelming support we've had from, from the podcast. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. It's, it's my second favorite podcast right now. That's pretty yeah. strong. That, that means their six listeners have downloaded over 12,000 <laughs> episodes each. And according to Will and Marcus, that's what they have are six listeners. That's the two of them, their two wives <laughs> and two other people. They're not sure who they are, which actually is me and Cameron. Yeah. Well, I'll They've got one of them. It's it's me because I'm editing all the video versions to go on YouTube. So, um, <laughs> but the biggest thing and the biggest takeaway from that is just through all the research that's been done, all the stuff they're going back and analyzing, and the stuff we're currently funding. One thing just keeps showing up, and that is lack of brood rearing and nesting cover. Mm. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of what comes out of this whole series. I know we've got a lot of landowners thinking about this. Uh, Turkeys for Tomorrow, we've had two landowner education days in Alabama, and we were anticipating about 50 people at each of those. And that was in partnership with the Alabama Extension Office and the NRCS and some other organizations. But we were anticipating about 50 people, and each one had near 100 people show up. So um, I definitely think we've got people's ear. 
and I'm hoping that some good comes out of that for, you know, the private land manager, the guy who might be hunting public, but he's going to start writing his state representatives and his DNR or his wildlife managers. It's like, hey, what are we going to do on the public lands or what can be done on my land to better it for wild turkeys and, you know, the breeds? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I mean, that's something that I hear over and over again, brood habitat and everything. And, you know, I think one of the main issues is people don't know what that looks like, you know, and, and, and so yeah, we're, you know, may want to make brood habitat, but learning how to do so would be super beneficial, like those landowner days you're talking about. Yeah, and so yeah. The, some of these landowner days, one of the things that you just said, people want to see what it looks like. So we're putting together some video series stuff it will put out to the general public. It's just so hard. I mean, you, you talk to Dr. Lashley or Dr. Goolsby and 3% or less than 5% of the landscape makes up brood rearing cover. So you can't go to just any property and say, hey, here's brood rearing cover. It just doesn't exist. So that's one of the hurdles we're having to jump over. But it's just shocking. I mean, just seriously, how little of the landscape is brood rearing cover. And what we're noticing a lot of is these hens are, are having these ne- these nests hatch. And then once they hatch, the hens know where they need to take the poults. They know they've got to get them in the right habitat. And they're having to go a mile, you know, half a mile to find these habitats. And that's where we're seeing, you know, the poults not being able to thermoregulate. The poults getting picked off by avian predators or, you know, ground predators, whatever it is. When you've got to walk a mile and you're the size of your thumb, it's not really ever good. Yeah. Hmm. As someone with short legs, I can attest to that. <laughs> oh, man. that uh, I wonder how... Well, what are you guys working on over there at TFT that you can share with us? Are there now Ron shared some things that you still have ongoing, like the the reproductive organ study in Alabama. But I assume that's that's about to kick off here because season in Alabama starts in about three days. But tell us what else you, you guys have going on just really across the country. Okay. Yeah. So we've got the four projects there in Alabama. We've got the saw meters. We're calling it the goblin chronology study, looking at timing of gobbling, uh, the fertility study, the hen nest success study, and then the effect of the feral pigs on, on turkeys. So those four projects, they're all up and rolling. Um, the carcass collection, as you mentioned, is going to start as soon as guys start harvesting birds. Uh, we got some in from the youth weekend last weekend. Um, and last year we had about 400 samples and we're expecting that to double this year just because of outreach. Um, in other parts of the country, you know, we're working with state agency in Tennessee and in Kentucky, um, as well as Mississippi. And those are the other three states that, you know, we're really excited about going into this spring. Chamberlain just let me know as of last week on March the 10th that all 75 units had been deployed in, in Kentucky. So that's all 75 GPS backpacks have, have been deployed. So we know we're at least 75 turkeys walking around with backpacks, um, mm-hmm. which is good. And as far as, you know, Mississippi, that stuff's going to kick off in August once turkeys start molting, just because it's uh, they're picking up droppings and molted feathers to do uh, genetic analysis. So that project won't necessarily be a springtime project, which is good because we'll be able to keep some eyeballs on our organization and what we're doing in August when most people are thinking about deer and, and velvet bucks. So um, we've got a couple states, like I was telling you guys before the episode, that we're hoping to get something finalized and, and work together on. And I think those are going to expand us out of the Southeast, kind of still have that stigma around turkeys for tomorrow that we're working in the Southeast. And I think these two states will be really, really good to to help break that stigma and show people, hey, you know, this is a nationwide organization and it's going to help turkeys in my area, not just the Southeast. Also, this year, the the one-shot hunt in Kansas, we're excited to be a, a title sponsor of that. 
And uh, again, that's going to help raise some money for Kansas turkeys. Um, and then we've got quite a few landowner education days planned throughout the summer. So we're doing one with Dr. Grant Woods at his place, and the tickets for that are going to be available soon. But again, it's just we're trying to grow as an organization. A lot of people uh, might not realize, but we started our third year on February 22nd. So we're still super, super new. And it's all about outreach and, you know, getting people to be familiar with our organization and what we're doing to benefit wild turkeys and really just taking people back to, hey, this is all about wild turkeys. Did you just say you're going to have a landowner day at Grant Woods Place? Yes, sir. We're going to have that. And uh, I, I kind of spoke before I had the date pulled up, but it's well, going to have to give a date. And when the tickets become available, you're going to have to get in touch with Cameron and me and let us know so we can help promote that because I cannot, for the life of me, I cannot imagine that there's not going to be every single one of the listeners to this show who want to go to that. Now, you know, physically being able to go is a different story, but I know you've mentioned it. That's all I know about it, but I already want to go. I don't know if I can make it happen, but I already want to go because that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And it's something we've been planning for quite a while. Uh, It's going to be in June, right after Father's Day on the 23rd and 24th. So everyone would arrive the 23rd. um, We'd do a walkthrough the 24th. And then that evening, it would kind of be a wrap up. Hey, here's what you've learned. Here's what you should have learned. um, And this is what you can do once you leave to help turkeys. That is cool. Yeah, so we're awesome. Yeah, we're really excited about this one. Um, like I said, we've had a couple other landowner education days with local extension agencies in Alabama with the NRCS, but this is one of those that you know Dr. Grant Woods is a pra- is a practitioner. He practices what he preaches. Um, he's had good success, and we're just we're really excited for that partnership. And again, getting people to see what we need to see to better turkeys across the landscape. And it's going to be limited to 100 people. So kind of like you guys just said, we think it's going to go pretty quick. And uh, we're excited to get there. And again, that's something that I'll be at and some other turkeys for tomorrow guys will be there. Um, I'm hoping that Ron will be able to make it. I know Pete will be there. And uh, we're just super excited to get with Dr. Grant Woods and show people what they can do to help turkeys. I'm going to have to buy my ticket early so I can kind of corner Ron out of the market there. I can get Ron's <laughs> ticket. Yeah, it. Uh, Ron's thinking about, you know, just, man, this summer is going to be very, very busy for turkeys for tomorrow, which is good. But we still have yeah. an extreme limited staff. I think right now we're up to five employees, myself being one of those, and um, we're by no means making uh, a lot of money off of this. It's uh, it, We're doing it for the love of the resource, which is, you know, what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, well, and that's, that's a big deal. I mean, that's, you know, 100% why the people who have joined have joined, and, you know, the people who support you guys do so. So, speaking of joining, you know, I was I guess surprised when we had Ron on on the show last when he mentioned that you guys were selling well, I hate to even use the word selling memberships but you offer for the opportunity for people to join Turkeys for Tomorrow. So tell us a little bit about that for for you know because here we are right here in the spring there's a lot of people that listen to this show only during the spring. I'm not sure why. Maybe there's, you know, other podcasts out there. I don't know. But Explain to them a little bit in detail about joining Turkeys for Tomorrow, what that offers, and then I also understand you guys are building chapters and maybe having some banquets. Yes, sir, and I'll I'll touch on all of that. Okay. Um, so 
Turkeys for Tomorrow, we started our membership in March 1 of, of last year. So we've officially gone a year of, of having members. Um, going into this year, we had a goal of reaching 1,000 members. We surpassed that. And the goal this year is to get 5,000 members. And we're already well on track to do that. We're sitting at around 2,500 members right now, which, again, for an organization that's two years old, that's quite a big accomplishment for us. Um, so going into this third year, we're starting 15 chapters. I mean, those chapters are going to be across the country. We're actually in the process of taking applications. If you're hearing this and you want to go to our website, turkeysfortomorrow.org, you can either join under the Join Today option on the right side, or you can go on turkeysfortomorrow.org, and it'll say Chapters, and there'll be a drop-down, and you can actually fill out an application to start the Turkeys for Tomorrow chapter. Um, Pete Darty, who is our Director of Outreach, he's overseeing all that. And uh, I looked the other day, we had almost 70-something requests to start a Turkeys for Tomorrow chapter. So we are capping that at 15 this year, but we're trying to pick the best fitting. So we're taking applications all the way up until April, and then we're probably going to close that until at least after turkey season and, and open it back in. Um, our goal next year is obviously to have more chapters. So, you know, if you apply this year and you get deferred, it's not to say you're not going to have one. It's just to say, hey, you know, we had a cap of 15. Um, the membership is, we've got several different options. We've got a junior membership, We've got an adult annual membership and then a Team Turkey membership, which we provide you with a gift. You're giving us a little bit more money, but it's you're just an elite member of, of Turkeys for Tomorrow. Um, I think, Cameron, you've been the Turkey member, Team Turkey member for a year. You got the pot call. So then we also have the life member. And uh, yep. again, the last call. <laughs> yeah. And so this year we're doing kind of something similar. It's going to be a different call. And I'm actually, I, I hate to admit this on the podcast, but I send out all the membership letters. And in the month of February and March, we had almost 800 people uh, through our hunt raffle that we, we offered memberships through the hunt raffle. And then we just had, you know, people signing up. We had almost 800 people um, sign up for members and I'm drowning in membership letters. So if you hmm. haven't gotten your membership letter right now, that's because I'm personally sending each one of those out. And again, I'm, I'm drowning in membership letters. <laughs> so when we started that this spring, I knew it was going to go that way. I knew it was going to be a ton of people signing up and uh, I just did not expect to be 800 in the hole by mid-March. So I'm hoping I'll climb out of that hole by the end of April, but I would like to do a little bit of turkey hunt myself. So bear with me if you will. Chase, I was just about to say to you that, you know, turkey season is really right upon us. And I just want to introduce you to a little thing that's called virtual assistants <laughs> and those people can do the tedious little paperwork for you that will enable you to be able to get out and enjoy life and do the things that you really love to do like turkey hunt and they can send out those membership letters for you just just throwing that out there you know yeah i don't know it was something that our myself and the board of directors EFT talked about um, and we, until it was a hassle for us, we wanted to do it because again, that's just us doing it for yeah. our membership. It was something that we wanted to carry value when you get a letter and it's been hand addressed, hand signed um, from either myself or one of the board members. We, we wanted it to have that value to show people, hey, this is us. We actually care. Um, but to your point, I understand it is it is getting to be a handful. And after the chapter events, I anticipate to be about another thousand in the hole. So it, it will probably <laughs> Yeah, just from, for example, we've got almost 300 people coming to a chapter event um, this Thursday. So March 23rd, we have a chapter event in Prattville, Alabama. We are anticipating 250 to 300 people there. So, you know, there goes another 300 in the hole. And then we've got a chapter event 
on the 31st, which is a Friday. And then I'm actually hosting an event in Iowa, um, the first ever Iowa Turkeys for Tomorrow chapter event on Saturday, April the 8th. So, I mean, right there, I'll be another 600 and so in the hole. There you go. Which, well, again, and- a, great, a great problem to have. But it is. I mean, if I, if I was a member and I was turkey hunting, I'd be a little frustrated if my membership letter took three or four weeks to come to me. But I hope these people... And I hope the members understand that, you know, we are doing it ourselves and we're doing that to try to have that connection with them. Yeah. And I, you know, that was something I picked up on from the, the call we had with Ron several weeks ago. And, you know, that was really important to him. And it's obviously really important to, to all of you guys over there to, you know, get those out and make it on a personal level. You know, what I have thought I have, I have my personal phone on the website, which sometimes is a, a blessing because I get to talk to so many people. Um, and then sometimes, yeah. you know, there's days something's going right and you've got 35 people calling you. So again, it's, yeah. we just want people to know that we're doing this for the right reasons and we care and we want to be as open and accessible as we possibly can be. Uh, we never want it to be, you know, you've tried to reach out to us for two months and you can't get anybody on the phone or, you know, you've tried to write us and you can't get anybody to respond. We want to be again, as open and as, understanding as helpful as we possibly can be as an organization. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's very cool. Yeah. That's all awesome. Going back to the chapter stuff to kind of give that its own segment, if, if you will. Um, we started chapters this year, January one, we had a chapter in Auburn, Alabama last year. It was kind of our pilot chapter to make sure we could handle it, to make sure it was going to do well and, and help raise money for turkeys in Alabama. Mm-hmm. And this year we've gone forward and we said, we want to do 15 chapters um, all across the country Right now, we've got applications from, I think it's 19 states, and we're wanting to do these regionally based. So we kind of have a disclaimer on there, you know, we're going to pick a region, and if you so happen to be in a region that's already represented, we're we're just going to ask you to work with those guys. We don't want to have them in every little locality just because we know participation falls off. And when it's regional based, we have a little bit more push to get things done, not necessarily, you know, you don't have to do it in someone's backyard. It can be hey, this is a project that's going to benefit these five counties. Let's go ahead and do it. Yeah. But to you guys' point, so we've got two in Georgia, three in Alabama, one in Iowa that have events scheduled. And like I was saying, the events are the, this Thursday, the 23rd, the 31st in Georgia, and then the 8th in Iowa. And we're planning on adding several more events in June following turkey season. And we already had three events this year. So we had a pretty busy spring, and, and they've done really well, and they've raised some money. And we're looking forward to ways – we can put that money to use in those states that raise that money. That's something that Jolly and Pete and, and really the entire board of Turkeys for Tomorrow, when we're raising money, you know, obviously the organization takes money to operate. Um, and there's sometimes you, you might not have a project in that state or it might not be fitting to do that. But we do want a majority of the money to benefit the state that it was raised in. Yeah. So where can someone find information if they're in the states that are going to be having these these chapter events, these banquets, where can someone yeah, find so, information about those? So that's going to be, um, we have a chapter link on our website. It's you go to turkeysfortomorrow.org. You'll see it up at the top, TFT chapters. That's going to list all the chapters that are having an event, um, but not necessarily all the chapters that have been uh, formed. We just didn't want to put things up there until we could finalize, okay, they have a committee, they have an event planned. Um, this is kind of their goal for where they want to influence. And so when you go there, you'll see, for example, it says, so the river region in Alabama, it says uh, the president is Foster Pugh, 
And the River Region Limb Hangers are the charter chapter of TFT in the River Region of Alabama, dedicated to wild turkey conservation, and, and then it lists the counties. So that's kind of how we're going to structure those. And people can do a search by state and see if something comes up. And if not, that's where you can go to the chapter application. And then there's another tab on the website titled TFT Events, and that's going to list all the upcoming events. And that's where you can buy tickets to those events, or you can attend the Dr. Grant Woods TFT Habitat Day. That's where you can buy tickets for that as well when they go live. Very cool. That all sounds awesome. I had one thing I wanted to ask you. Have you gotten to go be a part of like netting turkeys and outfitting them with backpacks and stuff? Yes. So last year I was in the blind with the researchers quite a bit doing that. This year I've done it a few times, nowhere near as much as last year, just because um, it seems like I'm getting pulled in a million directions, but it's still one of the coolest things. I mean, anybody that ever gets the opportunity to do that, I would highly recommend it. Um, and it's a little bit like turkey hunting. You just don't get to, to shoot them. Well, you do, but, you, you know, you can turn them back loose. Uh, yeah. And it's like it's one of the coolest things, and it is still 100% as frustrating as turkey hunting can be because I can't <laughs> tell you how many times. Like, we were sitting in Iowa this year. We were on a bait site. Birds had been coming in three days, and you typically like to have them come in one or two days, and then you go sit on them. So we're there the third day. Um, I mean, 60-something birds come in. And that's just too many to shoot over. So you got 60 birds on bait for about three hours, and then they just kind of meander off and go loaf. Um, so it can be just as frustrating as, as hunting turkeys. And there's a lot of things that have to go right. Obviously, when you're about to shoot the net to avoid harming any of the birds in the actual net shot itself, they've all got to have their heads down. They've all got to be close to the net. Um, you want to catch them before they have an opportunity to turn and, and try to get it airborne. Um, and it's just, it's been a super cool learning experience for me to, to see that. And also, again, part of that turkeys from our being hands-on myself, Ron, and some of the other guys, we've all been part of, you know, catching turkeys and, and actually being there and, and observing it, um, and playing a role in you know, active turkey conservation, uh, not just sitting in an office. Yeah. That's something I have wanted to experience. And then when I was told that I really should not bring a case of beer to sit in the blind and. <laughs> you know, wait on the turkeys. I I, I don't know. I kind of got disinterested in it. Well, I, I really do. I, I kind of feel bad for some of those research assistants. Just for example, I mean, last year when I was doing it quite a bit, I was there for almost two and a half weeks. And it's every day, all day long, especially when you've got mm-hmm. turkeys coming to debate morning and afternoon. So, I mean, there's research assistants, which, again, they're in college. That's what they want to be doing. But, man, they're sitting there for 14 hours for six weeks. And that's just, I mean, that's a strain on anybody, whether you're in a, a hot blind or, you know, you're trying to be attentive to what's going on around you. That's a lot to ask. And there's a lot of dedicated people across the country that are doing that. So, I mean, I really do appreciate, you know, their willingness to go out there and put the time in to make sure these projects have a good sample size. Yeah. Yeah. That's as easy as it sounds to do. That's tough work. And yeah. Very unappreciated. Unappreciated. Yeah, and I mean, it's, you know, it's it's not one person. Um, they have a team of people. There's one or two people in the blind, and then there's one or two people. While those guys are blind, one or two other people are sitting in a truck ready to go with, you know, the boxes, um, all the bands, all the needles and everything to do blood work. So it's a usually a, a two to three, sometimes even four or five person event. And it, I mean, it does take all spring. So I really appreciate the people that are out there doing that every single day for us. Um, and I mean, again, it's with COVID and, and states starting to communicate more um, wild turkey declines being seen in, in more areas than just the southeast. States are really starting to communicate. So 
it's just a lot of people are paying attention to what's going on with wild turkeys right now. And I think the interest level among scientists, researchers, uh, graduate students, and even state agencies and individuals has, has really grown the last few years. And that's good because the turkeys need all the help they can get right now. Yeah, no doubt. And I want to ask about that. And it may be a question that you you know, may say, hey, I'm really not qualified to answer this. And if that's if that's so, then that's fine. But how important is that communication between states? Because the, I, I agree with what you just said. I, I feel like there's much more of that going on today than there has ever been. But there's also much more work being done around the wild turkey than there has ever been, other than trap and release. And, you know, that was a, a huge effort that happened, you know, over a period of many years. But as far as researching the bird, I don't feel like there's ever been this much research going on around the wild turkey as we have today across the country. So how important is that information sharing? Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to necessarily step on anybody's toes, but and I'm sure Dr. Goolsby or Dr. Lashley could answer that better. But it's it's definitely very, very important that we, we communicate. And a lot of guys have been doing that for a long time. Um, but there are some people that are new to the table that are really starting to, to communicate more. And, and that's good because the problem that I'm having in Southern Alabama, if I'm a landowner and the problem somebody might be having in Southern Mississippi could be the same problem. So I need my two States to communicate, you know, there's no reason to fund work or if there is a, you know, a reason to fund work across state lines, um, let's not duplicate it in every single locality because a lot of this stuff, you know, it does, it's regional based. Um, and that's why we're doing the study in Alabama across the different regions in Alabama. So to answer your question in short, yes, it, it's very important to the states communicate. And I think you're starting to see a lot of that with how states are setting their bag limits, how states are setting their season dates. And to your point, I just think there's more eyeballs on wild turkeys right now than there has been in a long run, which is really good. I mean, as I just said, the wild turkey needs everybody paying attention because the declines that we've seen across some of the country, it, it's nothing to turn your back on. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I think that that decline had you know this that a lot of i guess universities a lot of game and fish departments around the country did turn their back on it for a while because you know game populations are going to fluctuate you may have two three years naturally where the population decreases or two or three years naturally where the population increases and that's just that fluctuation is going to happen but i think it hit a lot of people over the head like a frying pan would that hey this is a trend. Yeah, and so Adam Butler uh, from Mississippi, he said it just, I mean, he's done the data and, and said exactly what you just said. Turkeys are a very volatile population to begin with. Uh, from one year to the next, you can have 50% lower or 50% higher. Um, so it's one of those things when you're looking at it on a few year scope, okay, we're still on this curve. Well, then when you back up and you look at it at a 25 or, or 30 year scope, you're like, okay, now we have, to your point, a trend or you know, what is going on right now that's different than what we had 15 years ago. So when you're just thinking about turkeys in general, yes, one year to the next, you could have a 50% increase in population. One good hatch year, you could just, I mean, your turkey numbers on your property or the public you hunt could just skyrocket. But that doesn't mean that, okay, turkey populations are fixed. Mm -hmm. Because the following year, you could have a 50% decrease. And then, you know, you go in there and shoot the same amount of birds, have the same number of hunters, and now your population's in trouble. So um, again, I think if anything, Turkeys for Tomorrow has done, I think we've got a lot of people paying attention to wild turkeys right now. 
And I think they're starting to ask a lot of higher level questions that before might have been irrelevant just because turkeys were doing so well across the country and in so many new areas that they'd been trapped and released into. Um, it was just super, super great for so many years. And again, I think people kind of just got a little bit lulled to sleep of, of how good it was. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree with you. Cameron, you have anything for Chase? I have no further questions, but I will just say thank you for the work you're doing and for helping this organization and helping the wild turkey. And I encourage our listeners to absolutely get involved with this organization as everyone on this phone call is, I believe. So check it yeah, out. I mean, we, thanks, Chase. We're glad, to have, we're glad to have the two of you guys as members. Um, we're obviously super appreciative of you guys allowing us to come and spread our message on the podcast. Cameron, every time I see you in, in person, and same with you, Andy, um, you know, you guys are usually wearing turkeys for tomorrow apparel or you have a hat on or something. And it just means a lot to us because that's our biggest goal this year is to get some more outreach, let people know what we're doing, um, because we can help a whole lot more turkeys when more people know what's going on with TFT. Um, and we're actually working right now to go ahead and have some of our financial information from the first couple of years listed on our website, which I think that's going to really resonate with a lot of people. Um, I just was on the phone with the accountant earlier this week. And uh, that's coming soon as well. So it'll be good to, you know, have a glass door appearance with turkeys for tomorrow. You can see right where it's going. Um, and I think that's really what a lot of people want when they're a member of an organization like ours. It is. It is. And it, it, it's not just turkeys. You know, it's it runs the gamut across all facets of our lives. It's church. It's our governments. It's our Everything that we put money into individually, and Chase, I know you can relate because you do the same thing. We want to know where that money goes. And so right. for you guys you to wanna, release that information is huge. Yeah, and it's it's something we've been working on for a long time. Um, and people should understand, too. I mean, the first year, we were pinching pennies as best we possibly could. But it is hard sure. in today's world to start an organization. So I think when people get to see this information and it comes out, our goal is to have it out by April 1. Um, I'm trying my hardest to get it up there by then, um, but if not, it'll be in the next few days following April 1. Uh, turkey seasons are starting to come in, and, and it goes back to the conversation we had earlier, which is I'm trying to get into the turkey woods myself. <laughs> yeah, you guys are lucky. Y'all got to start out and, and already scratch the – I'm still counting the days. I was hoping to get down and, and do some hunting in Alabama, but I, uh, I've just got a lot going on right now with TFT, and I got no problem punting until it comes in, in in my home state of Iowa here, so – we're going to keep grinding it out and hopefully have that information up by April 1. Look, man, I know Jolly is selfish with his birds. And <laughs> if you're looking for somewhere to go and hunt, call me. You're welcome to come hunt with me anytime. And we can sit around in the woods and listen to complete silence at my place, just like you could at, at Jolly's. I mean, that's just, you know, your well, typical Alabama turkey hunt. But at least you'd be in the woods. And that's better than the alternative, oh, no matter what that is. 100%. I have been in the office way too much lately. And I keep the social media stuff driving me crazy because I guess everybody knows I'm sitting in the office. I just keep getting videos and pictures and I'm like, man, that's awesome. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> you know, it's great that you heard, you know, 15 turkeys gobbling this morning. I got to read emails all day. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, with the guys that went all, I mean, it sounded like the whole country went to Hawaii. Um, but all those guys, I mean, they're sending us pictures and videos and even with the Alabama youth opener and some of the Mississippi stuff, it's like, man, we've got 
85 DMs a day and it's people smiling behind turkeys. And we're just, we're hoping that that is the trend for the, for the long-term future. I mean, that's why we're doing this is so that people can take their kids out and enjoy it. And, uh, we want that to be, you know, the norm. We want people to be able to go out and enjoy the resource. We don't want it to ever get to, you know, a panic button state. Yeah. Amen. Amen to that. Well, so I, I know you don't, I know when you're sitting there and you're in Alabama and you might not hear turkeys, we at least want to be there drumming. I know those things <laughs> down there. That's all <laughs> they, they do. They, yeah. They don't gobble as much as other turkeys and, and anybody that disagrees, I swear they haven't hunted Alabama enough because the times I've gone down there on public or even hunt on private down there, it's like, man, they drum all day long, but you're lucky to get a couple gobbles out of them at first light. And after that, it's pretty much over with. Every male turkey in Alabama is born with a drum set. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not that handed, is... handed the gobble. They're only handed <laughs> the drum set. No gobble box, only drum sets. But, <laughs> you know, that... That may be the tip that helps somebody kill a bird this year in Alabama. So there you go. I'll say this. If a turkey answers you in Alabama or Mississippi, just sit down. Um, because if he took the time to answer you, the, the probability of him coming to you is pretty high. You might have to sit there for two or three hours and, you know, actually working. But it's a really good probability that he is going to come on over and check you out if he answers. Yeah. We don't like to talk a whole lot in this state. <laughs> right. Well, uh, I appreciate you having us on. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having us on. And if anybody has any questions specific to Turkeys for Tomorrow, they can find my phone number on the Contact Us section. Um, They can reach out either by phone call or send us an email, and we're more than happy to help them. We're more than happy to put them in contact with the chapter presidents if they are, you know, wanting to get involved in their state. Um, Again, we're just, we're wanting to help turkey hunters, and that's why this whole organization was founded, was to help turkeys and to bring together turkey hunters. So. Thanks, Chase. Good luck in that quest, and I hope you're successful. Well, we appreciate, like I said, you guys for having us on, so thanks so much. Best of luck to you this season, and be safe out there, and keep up the good work. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Chase. Goodbye. All right, so that was the interview with Chase. I hope you all enjoyed that, and hopefully if you're not a member of Turkeys for Tomorrow yet, I think you should hop on there right now and sign up, turkeysfortomorrow.org, become a member at whatever level you choose and you won't regret it. They're doing a lot of great things for the wild turkey right now, and so I'm a member, Andy's a member, and we believe strongly that this organization is and will continue to help the wild turkey. So if things change there, we'll reevaluate, but at the current pace they're on, they're going to help the wild turkey. I would highly recommend becoming a member of this awesome organization. If you need more information, Chase told you where to get his cell phone number, so reach out and contact him, and hopefully you guys enjoyed that. I am going to give the favor of the week favor of the week this week we haven't asked for this in a while if you heard this episode enjoyed it or heard any of our previous episodes and have enjoyed them hop on if you're listening through itunes podbean or spotify drop us a five-star review there we'd greatly appreciate it just drop five stars and maybe a slight comment we'd really appreciate y'all doing that because that helps other people find this podcast and we enjoy putting it out hopefully we will continue to be able to put out our weekly episodes. I know last week's episode wasn't launched a few days ago, but Andy and I both are busy with tax season coming up and our, our real jobs. Put on top of that, turkey season is upon us, so we're obviously very busy with that. And so we're going to do our best to get these podcasts out to y'all every week on Thursday, but maybe delayed some weeks. We have a lot of travels planned, so good luck to all of y'all if you're listening and you're traveling, you're already turkey hunting or you're not yet. 
I hope. And you do get a chance to go turkey hunting up. You have safe and great experience outdoors, enjoying the creation that was given to us, truly respecting the wild turkey. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week.